Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Well, once again, welcome to Now Church. You're going to be glad you came to church today, I promise you, because our God is alive. He's not dead. He can do anything. He's a restorer. Uh, we're so excited this past week. Now youth had a youth uh, outing at Twisty Treat. I don't know why we're in a so, so into ice cream around here. We, we put ice cream out there as the, as the gathering point, a lot of things we do. Uh, but anyway, we had 24 youth show up in a group that had just, just begun meeting again last month. I mean, that is tremendous. Come on and give God praise. That's God rebuilding the youth, rebuilding the children's ministry, rebuilding all of it. We're just very excited about that and very proud of Pastor Tristan and Kristen Kennedy in what they're doing. Today, I want to get right into it today. Today's message is called Courage at the Crossroads. I want to read from the NIV version of Matthew 21, the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Matthew 21, 1 says, As they approached Jerusalem, came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with their colt buyer. I want you to untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. And he'll send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. I'm going to weave in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. This is the point where the angel tells Mary she's going to give birth to God's son. And the angel says, for with God, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing will be impossible. Let's pray together one more time. Father, we love you. We trust in you with all of our hearts. And even when we can't understand how or when, we know that you're working. And we give you the praise. Come move through your word today to bring a shift in the heavenlies. In Jesus' name, amen. Our theme this whole month has been nothing is impossible with Jesus. Last week, we gave five important reasons why you need to grow in spiritual strength. You can check it out at nowchurch.com, click church online, then messages, or subscribe to our podcasts. What an absolute privilege to be alive in Christ in this moment of history, huh? This is, if you could have picked a time frame in world history to ask God to be alive, this is the moment you would have asked to be alive. You say, well, haven't you seen the news, Pastor? Well, yeah, 
I see the facts, but I know the truth. And the Bible says that the saints of old long to see the things happening in our day and are jealous, basically, of the fact that we get to be here to be the forerunners to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a great moment for God's people. Right in front of our eyes, no matter what's happening in the world, as we rise, we rise in faith, we rise and stand for life, justice, and love. Therefore, we win. The world's changing. People are freaking out about it. There's so many people going through transitions right now, changes. When you find yourself at one of life's intersections, you need courage at the crossroads. Transition happens, but transformation is God imprinting His image and His design into the world change God is behind the scenes moving his church forward in transformation. We're, whether you know it or not, you are being transformed, the Bible says, into the image of God's dear son, Jesus. And so whatever the world goes through, whatever we go through as God's people, we don't have to be afraid of it because we are blessed and we are being changed for good. Our text reminds us today that everything God does on earth works through times and seasons. Everything. The Bible says to everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. In the word of God, the beginning and ending of an era was often marked by the Lord doing something significant, something for prophetic purpose. I alluded to it last week that there are two kinds of time that we, we trans, translate the word time in the Bible into two Greek words. One, 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 uh, one comes uh, from chronos, which you talk about the chronology or the chronicles of something. It's in order. Uh, this is, you know, a watch is often called a chronometer. There's always going to be 60 seconds in a minute. There's never going to be 61.3. There's, never gonna, there's always going to be 24 hours in a day, not 24 and a half. It was going to be the, the process of months and seasons and times. But in Kairos, the Bible calls Kairos timing a set timing from heaven where something has to happen, where something must happen. If you won't do what you're supposed to do, God has to find somebody else because it has to happen in a moment. When Jesus approached Jerusalem, the Bible says in the book of Luke, that as he approached Jerusalem, he began to groan and cry and travail. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you only understood, if you only understood that I, how I long to gather you as a mother hen gathers its chicks under its wings, how long I've longed to gather you and, and be with you and, and, and nurture you and, and, and be a father to you, be a parent to you. And if you'd only understood this timing, Kairos, of your visitation, but you missed it. 
they missed all the people who were waiting for Messiah, missed the Messiah they were waiting for because they already tried to figure it out how he was going to come based on Old Testament prophecies. And they didn't understand how the puzzle fit together, but it does. In one man, in one person, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but they missed their kairos. In the passage in Matthew 21, Jesus, we call it Jesus' triumphal entry. We often talk about it usually on Palm Sunday, but this is a preparation. Listen, this is Jesus in a transitional moment, a transformational moment, a shift. He's about to go into Jerusalem to be crucified, dead and buried and rise from the dead, and he knows he's going to go there and he's going to be honored as king, which is what they will then try him for. And the Bible says that Jesus sent his disciples ahead of him into the city where he was about to go and used them, listen, to prepare the vehicle that would carry him from one season into a new season from one era into a new era, from one testament into a new testament. Are you awake? Not getting complex today. I just want to kind of lay the foundation. Let's just call this passage Jesus' arrival into victory season. We call it his triumphal entry. This is Jesus coming into victory. This is what happens. This is how you and I also come into a new and fresh season of life, a fresh season of God. Say amen. amen. Most of the things Jesus did in the Gospels, in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you find that many things are only in one or two Gospels, some in three. This is one of the rare passages that's in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all wrote about it, all had similar, similar views, but that just little details were brought about in a different way. And I want to just give you, as the Lord Jesus gave very specific instructions to two disciples that unlocked the miraculous that unlocked the Passion Week, that unlocked the new season of victory, I believe that God is speaking prophetically to us, to you, right now today, that there are some same instructions that are going to get you from where you are to where God wants you to be. You happy today? Somebody give them to you. Number one, Jesus said to them, and I believe to us, Go to the village ahead of you. Everybody say ahead. ahead. <clears throat> Go to the city that's in front of you. Go to the village ahead of you. Go in the direction that you're headed, in front of you. Forward march. Not behind you, not beside you, not beneath you. Go ahead. Go ahead. What God wants and needs from you is not behind you. It's ahead of you. Say amen. Come on, you got to respond. You got to pull on the word today. 
Isaiah 43, 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor even consider the things of old. Behold, I will do, God says, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not recognize or know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God will make a way where there is no way. But this is a conditional promise. If you quit focusing on the old things, God will be free to show you the new things. If and only if you quit getting obsessed and focused on the old things, the past, what somebody said to you, what somebody did to you, what happened to you. My friends, you'll never see your future while you're focused on your past. It used to be a great, a great song in the rock and roll world by Boston called, Don't Look Back. Jesus said to the disciples, Don't look back. Remember Lot's wife. Remember when I said last week about Abraham stood in proxy and prayer and intercession for Lot, his nephew, and his family to deliver them from Sodom and Gomorrah. The angels go in. The angels rescue them with one instruction. Don't look behind you. Don't keep looking back. Don't let your past be the framework of how you judge your future or you're not going to see it right. And so they said, don't look back. What happened? They come out of the city, and the Bible says Lot's wife turned to look back at all she was losing, all she had left. And the Bible says she became a pile of chemicals. She turned into a, the Bible says, a pillar of salt. I say she was assaulted. But she, she, she changed into her chemical self and was reduced to the lowest point of what her essence was because she looked back. And that's the same with you and it's the same with me. Luke 9, 62 from the Passion, <clears throat> Jesus said this way, why do you keep looking back to your past and have second thoughts about following me? If you turn back, you are not fit for God's kingdom. If you keep looking back, if you keep measuring, right now, part of the problem of our country is everybody's trying to look backwards and revise what happened. Trying to change the narrative, change the story to make our country more evil than it was. The fact is we were all sinners and our forefathers were sinners too. And every generation has its sin and every generation has its problems. God help us if a hundred years from now, they judge what we're doing now based on what the, whatever the mores are then. We have people trying to change everything. We have the wrong spirit trying to change everything when the Holy Spirit's trying to shift and bring us into the miraculous. This is a day of miracles. It's a day of breakthrough. But not if you keep turning back. You lose your fitness. I read a quote by Pastor Samuel Rodriguez from California. He said, you'll never experience your breakthrough when you're obsessed with those who broke you. I love that quote. You'll never experience your breakthrough when you're obsessed with those who broke you. Isn't that the truth? Jesus said, 
Go to the village that's in front of you. Don't stay stuck in the past. Don't live in the old pain. Don't look back. This is for somebody. Don't text back. Don't swipe back. Don't answer back. Don't email back. Don't DM back. Don't insta back. Abundant life is ahead of you. Abundant life is a forward. Go to the village that's ahead of you. Go to what's in front of you. Go to where God is moving, not where he moved. Don't keep chasing the past. God will not be defined by your past because he can do anything tomorrow. But you got to trust him. You have to trust him. One of the biggest transitions my wife and I went through We called our faith walk. 1986, we got filled with the Holy Spirit while we were in a Presbyterian church. They didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, so we were kind of asked to leave quietly, and we did. A year later, we had begun to commute to a big church in Orlando, and right here from, we lived in Bellevue at the time, and I was in the insurance business. I just finished like four years in the insurance business. And the Lord said, you're going to have to take a step of faith. I'm going to open ministry doors, but you have to do, you have to take your step. And so I knew I needed to still be in secular employment, but I resigned. I gave my two weeks notice for my company here in Ocala on the boulevard. It used to be called Independent Life. And... Um, Stepped out in faith, and about a month went by. I had a new job selling insurance in Orlando. We were trying to move down there. It's a whole long story, but the bottom line is we went through horrendous financial pressure really quickly. And when we did, the previous year in Independent Life, 1986, I was number one in the, in the region Uh, number two in the state of Florida and number 29 in the nation in my company as far as sales. A friend of mine that I grew up with was also in the same company living in North Carolina. And years before, my wife and I had fallen in love with North Carolina on a trip and said, oh, wouldn't it be nice to, maybe we move to North Carolina one day. That's a great place. Never forgot about it, you know, as you do. Well, here a month after I quit Independent Life, the manager of a district in Asheville, North Carolina, calls me on the phone, knew my friend, and said, I heard you left down there. I said, yes, I did. He goes, um, <clears throat> he goes well, we have a management position open, and I'd like you to come up and at least interview for the job. And I said, well, you don't understand. I've left. I'm pursuing ministry. He goes, there's churches up here. <laughs> exactly what he said. So my wife kind of was eavesdropping on my conversation. I don't know if that uh, that ever happens in in your home. But she could kind of get the gist of what was going on. She didn't hear the whole thing, but she could kind of get the gist. And she came around and she's going. (laughs) And I'm going... So the guy says, listen, um, let me just tell you, have, have you had a vacation yet this summer? 
Jesus said, no. He goes, so why don't you just come for a few days on me? I said, well, I've got my wife and kids. He goes, I'll pay for you and your wife and kids to come up and just talk. And I'm thinking free vacation when we're in financial straits. And my wife's thinking, So now I'm trying to talk to the man. I'm getting the face shake. And it almost rattled off her head. She was shaking it so much. And then the guy says, uh, I said, well, no, I better, I better say no, I said. I better say no. He says, uh, this, is, this is July or August, late July, early August, hottest part of the year. He goes, hey, all right, I understand, but what's your temperature down there today? I said, it's about 100 degrees. I said, what's your humidity? Ha, ha, ha. I said, oh, it's about 1,000%. Our humidity is so thick here in Ocala, it has its own zip code. He says, um, well, you know what? I just, I'm sitting at the office here, and I just opened the sliding glass door. I don't even have the AC on. He says it's about 72 and there's a nice breeze coming off the mountains. And my wife is going. <laughs> and I'm just being like, oh, this is, this is three days paid for. It doesn't cost anything to look. Couldn't say anything. And I said, I better say no. Thank you for asking. And he said, man, I'm offering you the world. And I realized who I was talking to. <laughs> At that moment, I go, oh, duh. She's picking up the radar that this is not a God call. This is pull you away from your ministry track, your faith walk, and find the easy road. That's what this is. And when I hung up, we prayed through, and I felt like such a fool. But I was so thankful for my wife and her intuition. Her, really, I've, we realized through that process just how prophetic she is. She just picked up on it. She only heard my side of the conversation, but discerned exactly what was going on. Now, I'm telling you, that story, because sometimes you have to be resolute about going forward. Even when you started forward, there's always going to be little side road invitations to try to get your attention, to try to say, no, 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 it's, this is okay over here. This is all right, too. God's over here, too. Jesus said, go to the village that's in front of you. Number two, you getting it? are you getting this? Number two, God already set up everything you need. If you feel stuck in an area of your life, God is already working into your next season. It's like the Holy Spirit when you don't realize it. You know how when, uh, when, we're, when we're moving things up here, when, when the lights go off and you turn to greet each other, we have a team of people. This guy, Travis, over here, he helps our stage, and he moves that keyboard as quickly as he can, slides it over there. 
whether you know this or not, our team built this crazy piano holder so that it can all be moved in about two seconds. And then Marcel Raphael is standing over there in the dark and brings up this table and has my water and my iPad stand all ready to go. And then the lights come on and everything's changed. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is your divine stage manager. And he is already working in some things in the dark that you can't possibly know, can't possibly see. And he's already arranged it so that when you take the step of obedience, everything you need is already going to be there for you. When you're sitting there thinking, well, how am I going to do this? What's going to happen there? Listen, Jesus didn't physically go to the town the night before and set a donkey there and set an old donkey and her baby colt. But the Holy Spirit was moving miraculously behind the scenes so that when Jesus told them what was coming, he gave them very specific instructions. He sent them to access his resources. Remember, this was his triumphal entry, not theirs. But he uses people, utilizes people in the process to get them in the vicinity of the same thing so you can have your triumphal entry. Your victory, their victory, was to prepare for Jesus' victory. And it had to happen. It was a Kairos moment. Jesus told them in detail what to look for. A mama donkey and her young foal, her young colt. This became Jesus' vehicle for victory. I got some promises for you. You might want to write these down. Deuteronomy 31.8. And the Lord... He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be discouraged or dismayed. He is the one who goes before you. Everybody say, God, my God, goes before me. Isaiah 45, verse 2. God says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. The Message Bible says it this way. I'll go ahead of you, God says, clearing and paving the road. I'll break down bronze city gates, smash the padlocks. Smash the padlocks. There are some things that you think are locked up that God has already smashed the padlock. If you just show up, it's already there. Smash the padlocks and kick down some barred entrances. That's what it says. God goes ahead of you to prepare all the resources. Finally, Isaiah 52, verse 12. For you shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. So not only does he go before you, but he also covers your bum. He's got your six. He's watching behind you. He's going to cover you. Every resource you need to fulfill God's purpose is waiting for you. And that includes some of you who are stuck in something of your life right now. I'm telling you, keep going ahead. Keep moving forward. And the resources that 
you need, you're going to find are already there. But you're never going to find out by sitting here thinking about, well, I may go over there to that town. Well, I may cross the street. Well, he said there's going to be, what is it, a donkey? Uh, that's one that's like donkey from Shrek. I wonder if it's Eddie Murphy. And you start thinking about stuff. Quit thinking and start obeying. Because while you're trying to process everything, you're missing out. Now, here's your part. Ready for your part? Number three, number three. You will probably have to untie some stuff. So here's what Jesus said, okay? Let me read it to you again. Go to the village ahead of you. At once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Your part, number three, you're going to have to untie some stuff. Now, when I saw that word untie, you know what an anagram is? When you take the same letters and you mix them around? I saw the word untie become the word unite. You're going to have to unite some stuff. You're going to have to unite. You're going to have to untie. There are a lot of knots. There are a lot of things that are tied up. When you get to them, listen, God's already got them there, but you're going to have to do something when you get there. They're there, but you have to loose them. You have to let them go. You have to untie whatever is holding them. There may be a few knots, twists, or catches, even in that which God provides. God does his part, then we have to do our part. That's what this whole month is about. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. Jesus spoke life to Lazarus. But when he came hopping out of the tomb dressed in grave clothes, the Lord told the disciples, you go untie him. You loose him and let him go. That is not, listen, that's our part or it may be your mummy. Anyway, I tried that joke anyway. I thought about it twice. I shouldn't have done it. God does his part We have to untie, untwist, and loosen. We have to set some stuff free that's tied up. You just have to get over there. Are you awake today? See, you're not as excited. I'm preaching better than you're amen. And today, and I I, got to get you to wake up here. We're not trying to raise the dead. We're trying to get you to wake up, open your eyes to the fact that what God has promised you is already prepared for you. What God has promised is already prepared. You have to walk it out. You have to untie some stuff. Colossians says that the enemy has already been disarmed and defeated. But you and I have to enforce that truth because the devil's a liar. Are you ready for number four? Number four and last. You can't ride into your new season on an old donkey. Some of you are so stuck in COVID 2020 in your head and in your heart that you can't even possibly dream of what God has for you in 2022 or 2021. Some people are so stuck You can't ride into your new season on an old donkey. So here's what happens. 
Now, in the four Gospels, three of the Gospels, Mark, Luke, and John, only mention the foal. They only mention the colt. They don't mention the donkey. Matthew saw something a little different. He apparently witnessed Jesus getting on to the donkey and the colt, then getting off of the donkey and only riding the colt into the city. You can check it out in Scripture if you like. Matthew saw something that when this, when the, when, that there was a moment <clears throat> where Jesus was on the old generation and he went and got on the baby. There's a moment where he, to make his triumphal entry and to declare the season of change and the shift that was coming into the triumphal entry, Jesus made a prophetic statement that only Matthew picked up on. The rest of them did agree that this was a foal, a colt, on whom no man had ever ridden. This was a brand new colt. Now the donkey, no telling how many people rode on it. But Jesus rode in on a fresh, brand new foal, a colt on whom no man had ever ridden before. Why is that important? Because I believe that God is wanting to take you and blow your mind so much, but you're going to have to get rid of the old ways, the old traditions, and the old mindsets. That's what the old donkey represents in Scripture. I remember the first time Bishop Michael Pitts came <clears throat> to preach for us in 1997, and he preached on this text, and he, only, he preached this main part. And I'm just going to, he said it from the King James. So I'm just going to tell you what he said from the King James. He said when he came and prophesied here in 1997, you have to get off the old ass and get onto the new colt. Now tell your kids that Pastor Richard did not just swear and cuss in church. I'm giving you King James. Donkeys speak of stubbornness in Scripture. Every time you see donkeys in Scripture, it's talking about something stubborn is going on. When they found Saul to become the first king, he was chasing his father's donkeys. When, when, they, when Elisha is prophesying about this time tomorrow, things are going to shift. There's going to be a breakthrough. People are starving to death. The Bible says they were eating donkeys' heads for dinner because they didn't have any other meat. That's stubbornness. When you're eating donkey's heads, <clears throat> I can't even make the joke here. I can't even, because then it would be something like this. Anyway, you, write your own joke right there, okay? Donkeys speak of stubbornness, hard hearts and stiff necks. You've heard the expression, quit beating a dead horse? Or my favorite, if you find yourself beating a dead horse, dismount. Luke 5 says, Jesus said, nobody takes an old wineskin and puts new wine in it. Not because you hate the wineskin, but because it'll burst. It won't be able to contain the new wine because it's still breathing and fermenting. He said, no, you got to get a new wineskin. Then you can pour in the new wine. 
My friends, you're never going to be able to enter the fresh anointing you're praying for when you're judging it all based on the old anointing you saw 10 years ago or even 10 minutes ago because God wants to do a new thing. You've got to begin to look to the future. Make a new wineskin first. The COVID crisis is and was of the devil. Our God always turns things around for good. But I believe what God is saying right now is he is transforming his church into new wineskins through what has happened. He has taken that to cause us to become a new wineskin, to be more supple, more flexible, more ready for what's coming in the future. That we had to get to this place, that the, that the old wineskins that we're not willing to... You know, I, I, still, I still know pastors who say, well, this will be over soon. I guess maybe we should get, you know, some type of way to do live stream. 13 months, 14 months later, they're still about, well, I think maybe we should invest in live stream. Duh. Thank God we invested in it in 2014. Because we were about as ready as you could be for what happened last year. By the mercy and grace of God. And many churches were, thank the Lord. But you still got some guys up there with somebody with a tin can and a string. And, they, and, and it looks like something from a 1970s infomercial. And they're not reaching anybody. God is transforming his church. Get ready for new wine. Get ready for a fresh season. Get ready for a fresh anointing. Get ready for a new prayer life. Get ready for a new holiness. Get ready for new grace. A fresh season of miracles and supernatural confirmations of the word are on the way. But you got to trust him. And you got to be willing. When he says, go over there, what you need is there. You don't have to even know what's there. But it's, I'll tell you this, it's not behind you. It's in front of you. And don't be afraid when you see that it's tied up in a knot. Just untie it and set it free. There's a new freedom that's coming. God wants to do something great, but you got to get ready for it. The takeaway, everything you need is already waiting for you at the point of your next step of obedience. Let me say it again. <clears throat> everything you need is already waiting for you at the point of your next step of obedience. I want you to say that out loud with me. Just say it in the first person. Say, everything I need is already waiting for me at the point of my next step of obedience. Do you believe it? That's the bottom line. You gotta, you, I know what God's saying to me. I'm preaching what he's saying to you. But do you believe it? Because that's the key. If we just sit back and, oh, that's a great message. Oh, great sermon. Wonderful. Then you miss the whole thing. Because it's not about that. It's about you. You're at the crossroads. And it's time to step out in faith. It's time to untie some stuff. And Jesus didn't just finish with that. He, he said, untie it and bring it to me. Untie it 
and bring it to Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Father, would you come and forgive our stubborn hearts? Would you come and forgive our stiff necks and our hard hearts? Would you come and move in this people? Would you come and raise up the remnant in Ocala, in every church that preaches your name? Would you come and move among leaders and pastors? Would you come move among your people? Father, there are so many things that you want to do because you love us. The Bible says that eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Lord, we declare your word over this region, over this place, over Gainesville, Ocala, and the villages and everywhere in between. Holy Spirit, come and move through us. We're ready for instructions. How do we move forward? What do we do as individuals? What do we do as a church? Today we call for surrender. There are some people in here today and you're hanging on to your donkey life. You're hanging on to your stubbornness, your way, your thoughts, your actions, your preference. And I'm just telling you, God's not gonna be created in your image. You are being recreated in in His image if you yield, if you surrender, if you open up. Father, we cry out. Get us off the old donkey and get us on the new colt. Riding into the next season in joy, in peace, in unity, and in victory. In Jesus' name. You head bow your eyes closed just for a moment. <clears throat> Where? What's the area of your life that's at intersection? What's the area of your life that's at a crossroads right now? What's the, what's the area that's stuck? You know it. Everybody's got areas where you, you, you were going along and all of a sudden it just kind of, everything kind of got stuck, got gummed up. Give it back to God. Untie it and give it back to God. Give it back to Jesus. at least three people in this room right now and several watching that this is your moment to surrender that God has dealt with you God has dealt with you real strong I would even say in the past few days about obeying him about doing something in faith that you're uncomfortable doing and I'm just telling you right now this is the day Right now, by faith, 
God says, this is your moment to get off the stubborn donkey, to get on the new colt on which no man has ever ridden. But you gotta be willing to do it. At least three people right now in this room and many people watching right now. Give up your donkey ways. If that's you, put your hand up right now and and ask God to move in your life. Just ask Him right now. Just quit being stubborn and just be willing to be bold enough to put your hand up in the air and say, God, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. I say yes. My answer is yes. I surrender. I surrender. All that I am, all of me, and your Sing it, Peter. Here I surrender now and forever. All that I am, all of me, at your feet. Jesus, my Savior, now and forever. All that I am, all of me, at your feet. Father, we pray for every person whose hand is raised in the room or at home. Pray that you would grant the grace that as they take that step of faith, that you're going to meet them there at that point of faith where every provision, every resource, everything that that you promise is going to be there. Even if they didn't know what the vehicle was that was going to get them in the next season, Lord, thank you, you're going to reveal it when they step out and they go ahead, go forward. I just feel like God is saying the reason why so many are stuck in the past is because there's old issues, old issues back there. And you're still crying about what you lost or what somebody did or somebody said, somebody wrote about you, somebody said something about your child, and you're still holding it. Let it go. Loose it. Loose it and let it go. That's grave clothes. That's dead man walking clothes. That's, that's Lazarus stuff. Get that, get that off by faith. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God, listen, Jesus has done everything for you, but he's not going to renew your mind for you. He said you be transformed by the renewing of your own mind. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you got something, would you put your hands together for Jesus? Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.